Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about the discipline of God, as was presented in Hebrews chapter 12, and today's program is a continuation of that broadcast. The most important part of the discipline of God is, of course, to understand that this discipline is not punishment for a past event, but it is preparation for a future event. That is the most important aspect of the discipline of God in this context, that it has nothing to do with punishment for sins, but instead it has to do with preparation for daily life beyond. It has to do with preparation for daily life, for the life that you are going to live, and for the circumstances of life that you are going to encounter. And, of course, the most common circumstances of life that we encounter are the circumstances of struggle, the circumstances of suffering. There is a lot of suffering. There are many struggles in this life because most people do not know their God, and most people do not want to know their God. Most people want to be sinful. They want to be evil, if I was to describe it in that way. And because of that, you are going to experience some suffering in your life at the hands of other people. Because of the decisions that other people make, you will be affected by these decisions that other people make. And so it's important to understand that as you engage the world, as you go out into the world, you are going to experience a great deal of suffering, and it's very worthwhile to be prepared for that. And I sincerely believe that that is one aspect of the preparation that our God prepares us for when it comes to this context of the discipline of God. Now, in context with Hebrews chapter 12, the most important aspect of the discipline of God comes from the notion of forgiveness. Again, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, verse 2, we are to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus. We are to fix our eyes on Him in terms of and in relationship to what He has accomplished. What He accomplished, first and foremost, was forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins. In addition to that, He also accomplished the restoration of life through which we are saved. And that is the restoration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam has now been offered to us as a free gift so that we can receive his life and dwelling within us freely. And that is actually our salvation. But what makes this salvation possible is the complete forgiveness of sins. Because if there is no sin left unforgiven, if all sins have been forgiven, then there is no sin that can cause the Holy Spirit to depart from within you. That is the relevance of forgiveness to salvation. But there is so much more to the subject of forgiveness than just salvation. And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. And that is that the forgiveness of sins has great application in your life beyond that of providing you with the means by which you can have eternal life. In the context of discipline and the preparation for the future events that you are going to be faced with, forgiveness is definitely extraordinarily valuable when it comes to daily living. The reason why is because in the midst of the sufferings that we have 
in our lives, in the midst of those sufferings, in the midst of those circumstances, and after those circumstances, we are going to find that for the most part, there is no compensation for the violations that are committed against us. For the most part, there is no way for people to undo what they have done or what they are going to do. You are going to experience pain and suffering because of the decisions of others, and there's nothing that they're going to be able to do about that. Once you experience that, you will have experienced that, and there, in general, is nothing that they can do to compensate you for the evil that they perpetrate. That's not to make light of it. That's only to put it in its proper context and to put sin in its proper terms, which is to say that sin is truly so evil, it is so horrible, that there is no way that anyone can be adequately compensated for the sins that are committed against them. And so the only thing you can do is no longer require somebody to compensate you. Now, if you still want to require somebody to compensate you for something that they cannot compensate you with, then you are the one who's going to live in a great deal of disappointment and depression because these expectations are very unrealistic because you cannot receive that which cannot be given. People cannot fix what has already occurred. Those things will never go away. And so the only way, for the most part, that we are able to cope with or deal with the sufferings of life is to employ forgiveness. It is to walk in our lives with an attitude of forgiveness towards others. That is a very important reality that people need to come to terms with if they are going to walk in the life that they have before them in a peaceful way, especially if they're going to have peace with others. That forgiving others is absolutely necessary for this to be a reality. But for this forgiveness to be a reality in our lives, the only way that this can be a reality, as far as I can tell, is if we first understand, appreciate, and fully embrace the forgiveness of God for us. We need to first fully appreciate and understand how our God forgives us first before we can even consider forgiving others with the forgiveness that we have received in Him. As Paul expressed in Ephesians and as he expressed also in Colossians, that according to the New Covenant, the forgiveness that we give to others is a forgiveness that we have already received. And this, of course, is distinguished from what the Lord Jesus was speaking of when he was speaking at the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, forgive others or your God will not forgive you. In this context, in the context of the new covenant that has now gone into effect after he died, after he died and rose again from the dead, in this context, we forgive others with the forgiveness that we have already received. And, of course, I have done a series of programs on the Sermon on the Mount, and I would like to encourage you to listen to those programs. They are definitely very worthwhile, especially in this context of forgiveness. But in this program, I'd like to move on and just simply mention the importance of resting in the forgiveness that you already have. But if you don't rest in the forgiveness that you truly have, then the notion that you will forgive others with the forgiveness that you have will not be a reality. It's not possible to be a reality in your life. You must first embrace the forgiveness that he has for you. Now, this certainly would not be possible for the Hebrews, who this letter was written to. It would not be possible for them until they were willing to let go of the law in their life. The reason why is because if they want to embrace the law in their life, 
then at some point they may have the belief that they are being obedient to God. And if they are being obedient to God, then they do not need as much forgiveness for their disobedience as they would have otherwise. And this becomes a deception. This becomes an entrapment, an entanglement that people will be faced with through their belief that they are obedient to God, that they are repentant when it comes to their sins. If a person believes that, then the need for forgiveness in their life is significantly reduced, and that will depreciate, it will degrade the quality and the value of the forgiveness of sins that Jesus has truly provided for us. I have expressed this in various ways. For example, I talked about this in the program that I did on the scale between law and grace, whereas people live on the scale between law and grace, where they look at the grace of God as that which makes up the difference for when they fall short when it comes to their life of repentance and obedience. That to them, the grace of God means it makes up the difference for when you are not able to be completely obedient to your God. And I don't see it that way. I see it very differently. I see myself, and I see others as well, in a condition such that it is a miracle of God when you do not sin. It is an absolute miracle. It is something that God does within and through you. He does through the transformation of who you are as a person as he fulfills the deepest part of your being with his presence. And if a person does not have his presence, and if a person does not appreciate his presence and what he gives to them, the love that he gives to them and the acceptance that he gives to them, then this is not going to be real to them at all. And if it's not going to be real to them at all, if he's not going to be real to them in this context, then there's no way that they can fully embrace the significance of his forgiveness, that he actually loves us so much that in our sinful condition, the condition that we are in that is so hopeless, that is so helpless, he still is willing to embrace us and take him to himself. And he is still willing to reside within us, and he will never depart from within us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And I sincerely believe that the more we mature in our relationship with our God, the more we discover and the more that we acknowledge the presence of sin in our hearts and in our lives, and the more that we acknowledge the need for his forgiveness, that the Christian life is not about trying to find a way to reduce the need for forgiveness, but instead it is to continually discover the value of the forgiveness that we have in light of the true condition that we are actually in. And once you are able to embrace this, once you are able to acknowledge the truth of what I'm saying, that the Hebrews certainly struggled with, and they were not able to fully acknowledge this. And this was evident through their continual lifestyle of trying to live a life of repentance and obedience to the Mosaic Law. This was well known, especially when Paul confronted them the last time he went to Jerusalem. This was a serious issue back then, so also it is a serious issue today. And of course, I believe it will always be an issue until the Lord Jesus returns. But in the meantime, it is a struggle that we are to embrace, and when we embrace the struggle for what it is, we eventually come out of this struggle with a full acknowledgement and recognition that we truly need to live on the basis of the mercy of God. We, ourselves, between us and our God, that is the situation between you and your God. 
that you need to live on a daily basis only on the basis of his mercy, that there truly is nothing else. And be thankful. Live a life of thankfulness for the mercy that he has given to you. When you embrace this, then your perception of others will begin to change. Your perception of others will be quite different because you can begin to see others in the same condition that you are in. If you assume, you see, if you assume that you can find a way to be obedient to God, then it's natural and normal to assume that others will be obedient to God as well. And so if it's natural to assume that others can be that way also, then you should expect that of them. And if they don't comply, then there is no need for you to show them mercy because they have chosen to be evil and you certainly can hold that against them. But what I'm saying is very different. And that is that if we are truly in a condition that we are so destitute that there is no way that we can overcome the sin in our life, even though we are still fully 100% responsible for our sin, responsible for our evil. You see, it is true that we will never be able to overcome our sin, but that doesn't mean we're not responsible. We are still fully, completely responsible for the sins that we commit, and it's important to acknowledge that. It's very important to see that, and if you see that, then you can see others in the same condition that you are in, in the hopeless and helpless condition That you are in. And when you view people through the eyes of your God, when you see others through his eyes, I'm not saying that this is an opportunity to pity people. I'm saying that this is a real opportunity for you to have a better perspective, a real perspective, a sobering perspective concerning the life that is in front of you, that you are a part of, that you are in. And when you see people through your God's eyes, you can acknowledge and recognize that they are so hopeless and so helpless that there is no way that they can ever compensate you for the sufferings that they create in your life and in the lives of others. And so the only response that you have left is to forgive them with the forgiveness that you have received. But if you have not received that forgiveness for yourself, then you have nothing to give. You have nothing to give others. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that in light of these circumstances, you then subject yourselves to situations where people can violate you more. I mean, certainly, if you know that somebody's going to cause problems in your life, I'm not saying jump right in there and enjoy the problems that they're going to create. I certainly believe that we should definitely adjust our lives in whatever way is necessary in order to avoid such circumstances to a reasonable degree. I'm not saying go out and find some more pain in your life. I think that there's plenty of it to go around as it is. We don't need to add to it. And we don't need to subject ourselves to it in order to say, now I have an opportunity to be forgiving towards somebody else. To me, that's quite odd. I certainly would not want to encourage that at all in anybody's life. But my point is, is simply that there is enough in life for us to be faced with. And this preparation that our God brings us through is a preparation to respond to the sufferings in a different way, to respond with the forgiveness that has been given to us. And if we do that, then we can move on beyond Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 12 and 13. We can move beyond that and go into verse 14. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. 
First of all, when it comes to pursuing peace with all men, we don't look at this and say, now the Lord has given you a new commandment. Make sure that you always pursue peace with everyone. And if you fail in any way whatsoever, then you are the one who is at fault. You are the one who has sinned, and you had better repent and obey God. I don't, I don't see that here at all. I really don't. What I see here is that in light of the discipline, in light of the preparation for the future events that you are going to be confronted with, you're going to find that the Lord does a work in your heart. And when he does a work in your heart, and you are confronted with a circumstance where you are definitely not at peace with some other people, When you see that circumstance and that situation, you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit working within and through you to forgive others as you have been forgiven. You are going to experience that reality if you have received his true forgiveness for you. So if you don't experience this, then you need to go back to the subject of forgiveness. But if you have embraced the true forgiveness of God, give it some time and eventually a miracle is going to occur where in the midst of a circumstance of life, when somebody is going to be causing some suffering in your life, you're going to have an inward prompting to forgive them. And I believe that this is an act of God, that he will do this within and through you at some point. And when this happens, allow it to happen. Allow it to be a reality. There's no need to hold back. There is no need to still try to hold people's sins against them if this is what the Lord is doing in your heart. Allow this to happen. Forgive them with the forgiveness that you have received and move on. Get on with your life. Let go of the debts that are owed to you and move on and continue to live your life that is before you. That is a way of being at peace with other people. It is not to say that their sins are okay. It is not to say that you are to continually subject yourself to the sins that they are going to continue to perhaps commit against you. It is only to say, let it go, walk away, and be at peace, because there truly is no other way. Peace will not be achieved by trying to get somebody to compensate you in a way that they cannot. Peace will only be achieved through forgiveness. And the forgiveness of God is the true forgiveness that the world cannot duplicate, that the world cannot generate. It is a unique expression of the living God as he lives within and through his people. And you will experience this if you embrace the forgiveness that he has for you. In addition to that, the sanctification that he's referring to, that this is something that you are to pursue, please understand that you are sanctified because of what he did. That's how you are sanctified, and I explained this in detail when I went through Hebrews chapter 10, verse by verse. And so if you haven't heard those programs, I would like to encourage you to hear those programs again, where I talked about the importance of sanctification and the fact that you have already been sanctified because of what he has done for you, because he no longer holds your sins against you. Why? Because he forgave you. That's why. That's how. Pursue that. Pursue the sanctification that you have, which means endure the race of believing in the truth that he no longer holds your sins against you. Endure this life. Go through this life. Continue in this life. Run this race. And don't look back. Don't look to the side. Always believe that you have been forgiven. If you will do that, then 
you will fulfill this admonition to continue to pursue the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. You certainly will not see the Lord out of your own repentance and obedience or out of your own works. You're not going to see the Lord because of your own behavior or the lack thereof. You're only going to see the Lord because the Lord has shown himself to you, because he has forgiven you, because the Lord has come to you and he has made it possible for you to know who he is, for you to see him for who he is. And if you don't embrace the full forgiveness, the complete forgiveness that he has given to you, you will not see the Lord. You will not see him now. You will not see him in the future. And when you physically die, if you're not saved because you have not truly embraced the gospel, if you are not saved, you will not see him then either. And so I implore you to embrace his forgiveness, because it's only through that that you will experience peace with all people. It is only through that that you will embrace the true sanctification that you have so that you can see the Lord right now, right now, and tomorrow, and the next day, and every day, until you see him in his kingdom. That is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, he says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no one comes short of the grace of God. He doesn't say, see to it that no one comes short of the law of God. See to it that everyone is properly taught and informed about the law of God so that they will know exactly what they need to do so that they can maybe someday be sanctified. And if they are, then maybe someday they can be at peace with all men. That is not what he says. He says, see to it that you do not come short of the grace of God. If you won't embrace the complete forgiveness of sins, you have come short of the grace of God. You may have a little bit of it, but you don't have it all. You've come short. Do not fall short in this regard. Do not fail. Do not fail to embrace his forgiveness for you. Do not believe anything that suggests that he still holds your sins against you in any way whatsoever. Because if you do, you will fall short of the grace of God, absolutely. And if you fall short of the grace of God, and the forgiveness of God is not real to you in its fullness, then you will not forgive others. And if you do not forgive others, what do you expect to see? If you will not receive the forgiveness for you, and if you will not then give this forgiveness to others, then what will you have? What will the end result be? It will be bitterness. That's what it's going to be. You're going to have bitterness manifest within you as you live a life of being bitter towards others who have hurt you and perhaps even being bitter towards others who might hurt you in the future, who might cause some suffering in your life. It's bitterness that then results. And I believe that's why he says this in verse 15 where he says, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, because if you do, then a root of bitterness will spring up. But if you will embrace the complete forgiveness, then no root of bitterness will spring up and cause trouble. He says that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many are defiled. Well, who's defiled? Well, first of all, you are going to be defiled because the manifestation of the true sinfulness that you have will then come forward, will then be revealed, and many will be defiled. You will be defiled. You will be defiled because you are the one who is being bitter. You are the one who is being unforgiving. 
You are the one who is then sinning at that point. And others are going to be defiled by your bitterness as it ends up being perpetrated on them, where they feel the pain. They will feel the pain and the suffering of somebody absolutely hating them, rejecting them, not accepting them. And when we have the need to be accepted, and yet somebody else reaches out to us and says, I just want you to know that I totally reject you. I really do. And I will always reject you. And to me, you are worse than anything that God has created. That's going to defile you and them. Because we were created to have these needs. And our God is, of course, the only one who can meet these needs. But please understand that if you are bitter towards others, it is only because you have not received the grace of God for you. You have not received his forgiveness. We need to receive what he gives to us. You need to know what he has given to you. What he has given to you has been described as an inheritance that you can now receive, that you have received. He died for your sins so that he could give to you an inheritance that was described in the will of God, as I explained in Hebrews chapter 9. That in Hebrews chapter 9, the will of God is the description of an inheritance. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, he spoke about the importance of forgiveness, that that is something that you have received that has been given to you as an inheritance. And you must take that. You must live with the fullness of what he has given to you. And that is just the beginning of what you have. I have done programs on the subject of the will of God and also on our identity in Christ that I would like to refer you to concerning this. But in the context of Hebrews chapter 12, this is a very important word and a very important thing to understand because he's going to go on and he's going to speak of Esau. And Esau was a man who rejected his inheritance. And that is a foreshadowing of the inheritance that has now been given to us that we are not to reject. And unfortunately, the Hebrews were rejecting the inheritance of the new covenant through their continual dependency and pursuit of the inheritance that was offered through the old covenant. And I will explain this in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net you